This episode of The A-Team is brought to you by FaceToFaceGames.com, Canada's number one source for Magic the Gathering card singles. It's just not the way... It's not, that's not punishing greedy mana bases. That's just giving people wins that aren't good enough to earn their wins. That's what Blood Moon is. You can win without Blood I have faith in you, right now. Don't you write this on the show. I have faith that you can win without that card. Welcome to the A-Team Podcast, brought to your ears by ManorDeprived.com, home of Canadian magic. In 2010, a crack magic playing unit was sent to prison by the DCI court for mise they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a federal pound-me-in-the-ass prison to the Canadian underground. Today, still wanted by Wizards of the Coast, they survive as podcasters of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can listen to The A-Team. KYT. Anything that costs a shit ton of mana, you're just like, bang! And they're like, fuck! How does that go? Bang! Fuck! <laughs> Jay Boosh. And that's like the hyper angle. I never want to play in another GP again. I, want to, I never, ever want to play in another GP. And Jeremy. And you're the reason I play Magic too. I'm like, I just like, I die. I die. I was like, like just melting on the inside like that. I have inspired this kid to play Magic. And now, the AT. Hey everyone, this is KYT and welcome to episode 257 of the A-Team Podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Scumbag Schofield. How's it going, Jeremy? It's going all right, man. It's going all right. I tried to play Magic and did terribly. Um, but <laughs> I'm excited to, you know, get to talk about uh, other people being good at Magic and not myself. And yeah, I'm getting uh, pretty pumped here. And we also got uh, our reliable ace closer from the bullpen. <laughs> Matthew, the content. The content. Is it, How's it going? The content? Is it on? Is it on? <laughs> it's, it's on. It's definitely on. on. Are, are we recording? It's on like Danky Kang. We are recording. As, uh, hello? 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 <laughs> wow, that, that was pretty good. You almost got me there at the end. I'm like, <laughs> wow. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> it's going great. It's going great. Um, Jay fucking Boosh still has to do his little tiny homework, and uh, I always laugh as his at his tweets because after ex- his exams, for some reason, he says he circles uh, his answer on like the question book, but then puts a completely different answer. Like I, I assume it's multiple choice on the answer booklet itself. So. That's that's hilarious to me that uh, and he calls himself a fucking idiot all the time for never double checking and uh, costs himself a lot of points. Um, but uh, he's still busy with that. Well, that's that uh, Canadian education there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Um, and uh, but finally, I got to, to play some magic over the weekend. But, but we heard we heard Jer play played some type of magic. Yeah. And uh, he said he would be able to get over his his little segment really quick so let's start with yeah, him very quick so uh i end up coming into town because I, it turns out i need to get some courses done and before i go to the new job and i just 
told the old job, like the old site I was on, it's like, I'm doing nothing here, so I'm going to go home and take care of this stuff. So I get home, and it turns up, it's like Saturday morning, bright and early, and I'm like, well, geez, you know, maybe there's an event today, because I got a free day right now, let, let, let's go see if there is, and I, at 9 o'clock, I find out at 10.30, there's a modern GPT at a store called Red Claw Gaming, which is uh, really, really turning around. It was one of those stores that, when I first went to it the first few times, it just was never open, it was terribly priced, all these kind of things. But every time I go there, I'm having a good experience. So they're really, like, new ownership, really getting it together. Uh, they treat the uh, customers really good. Like, it's it's really coming around, so that's always good to see with a local game store. Uh, so it's a modern GPT. Great, I like modern. I uh, went to go check to see what I have. I have nothing put together, and I still have to watch my daughter, and we have a brand new dog in the house. So I'm trying to think, okay, what do I, do I have anything built? Only deck I have remotely built, pretty much all built, was my Restore Balance deck. So it wins by default. Uh, I decide I'm going to play some Restore Balance at this uh, I'm already this excited about the story. Yeah, yeah. So it's uh, pretty awesome. So I sit there and I double check that I have everything I need in the deck. Like it's put together and it matches what my current moto build is. So I lay the whole deck out and... When I lay my deck out, I'll usually put all the land in one spot, and I'll put all the, the, the playable spells in one spot, and I sort them all out and everything, make sure the count's good, take everything, put it together. So while I'm doing this, my daughter's doing a bunch of crazy stuff. She's getting dressed up because she's going out for portrait photos. At one point, she goes in the bathroom. She starts to, like, wash her hands. She's going to drench herself because she's, like, two and a half. So I have to, like, run and grab her and make sure she stays away from the water. And then the wife leaves, and I jump in the car, and I follow right behind her. I've got my traders with me. I've got my deck with me. I'm good and go, good to go. I didn't put everything into the regular deck box. I put it in a separate deck box because my regular deck box usually holds two decks. And I had some stuff in there. And at a competitive tournament, you want to make sure your deck box only has your deck because anything else that could be playable in your deck that's in the other deck cards, which means any card in modern, if it's in that box, it's considered part of your sideboard and it could lead to a, a game loss. Jared, so, I have a specific question for you after yeah. your story, but go on. Okay, so I jump in the car, I head over to the tournament place, uh, I'm in a bit of a rush because at this point here with my daughter, I'm already kind of scrambling a little bit, I get park, I go in, and I go to sign up for the tournament, and I forgot my wallet, which is a classic Jeremy move. I forget things everywhere. <laughs> Absolutely classic. So... Uh, really cool guy. Uh, you know Attila KYT, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, so huge fan of the show. Yeah, absolutely. So Attila's there, and he's like, "Don't worry, I got you. Just get me back." So it's like, okay, fantastic. You know, Attila, he paid for my tournament. I'm like, awesome. So I grab the deck reg seat and I sit down and I start registering my deck. So everything's already sorted, which is one of the things I like to do. So it's just as simple as like, look at the first cards. Okay, I got three of this, four of that, blah blah blah, laying out the thing, doing up. And I get to the back of it, and I got uh, gemstone mine, I think is the, the thing, times one? No, there should be four of them. And then I realize that's the last card, and I haven't put any land down. So now I have a restore balance deck that currently has one land. <laughs> this is a problem. What? So I'm trying to think, where could I have possibly gone wrong? And then I remember... When my daughter started to wash her hands, I had just grabbed the stack of land and I must have just gotten out of my chair and ran to her. And I think, if I remember correctly, I put the land on a pile right next to the sink, but I never grabbed them back. 
So I look at the, the tournament organizer and it's 10 minutes to the start of the tournament. He's like, well, the judge hasn't shown up and the Red Claw tournaments have a history of the judges always showing up late. Uh, they're on time everywhere else, but for Red Claw, whatever reason, they just have this history of like late judges. So I sit there and I'm like, okay, so here's what I'm going to do, Mr. T.O. I'm going to run home and I'm going to try and make it back. And hopefully I'll only get a game loss because I'll be back within the 10 minutes. But if I'm not, then I guess I take a match loss, but I really want to play some magic today. So I'm going to go home. And he's like, well, the judge isn't here, so you maybe have a chance. So I jump in my car, and as soon as I pull out of the parking lot, I see the judge showing up in his vehicle. So I know that I'm kind of SOL. But I'm hoping that we have a long players meeting, and that's a little hard for them to get organized. And I rush home. So I rush home, I grab my wallet, I grab the lands that are sitting on a nice little pile on top of the toilet. How far is it, Jerry, if you didn't mention it? Uh, it's about a 15-minute drive, 12 to 15 minutes. So I drive home. It's nice because the shop is somewhat on the north side of the city. It's in, like, the northeast, and I'm north central. Get back to the store, and I'm three minutes into the first round. So I immediately take a loss, and I kind of, uh, you know, take my hits. Uh, the funny thing was is I couldn't remember exactly which lands I had. So honestly, at the red lights, I was filling out my deck list. Because I had the land sitting right next to me. So I'm finishing off my deck list. Like, it's nicely written for half of it. And then it looks like somebody, like, a, a, a six-year-old is writing it for the rest on. Because it's like ham-fisted pencil. Like, just terrible. Throw my name on it, hand it in. Sit down, play against my first opponent. Uh, a fellow named Kyle. And I can't remember how, Kyle's last name. But he's he's the type of guy who's, every season he wins, like, a, a PPTQ. Um, he wins GPTs. I don't think he's ever had any success on like the bigger stage, but he did like win a, a pro tour spot for the first round of RPTQs. He, I'm pretty sure he got a pro tour. No, no, he didn't get a pro tour spot. He was close though. So he's just, he's one of those guys who always is around and is always winning tournaments, but just hasn't made that next step. Like he hasn't had a, uh, a larger scale and out of the region type tournament to success. So. Uh, the other thing I know about him is that he always plays highly aggressive decks. So I sit down with my Restore Balance, and there's kind of two flavors of Restore Balance out in the world. Uh, one flavor is just doing a lot of Suspend, and then having the Restore Balance uh, stuff going on, and you're just comboing Restore Balance off of uh, things like Violent Outburst or Demonic Dread. Uh, then the other style of Restore Balance decks out there are the Planeswalker and uh, Border Post types uh, decks. And that's what I, I run is more of the Planeswalker Border Post one. Why? Uh, I just like having a threat or the ability to kind of play the game when you're not comboing off, especially with Restore Balance. Like in some matchups, like against Jund, game one, you can run yourself into a situation where you use all three Restore Balance and you need to have some way to uh, gain incremental advantage. So I play the Restore Balance deck a little bit more like a control deck. Uh, and that kind of lends into... Uh, what I want to be doing. I, I just, I, I started off on the suspend side of things and the suspend side of things, you're playing the game so many turns in advance that you just can't reliably do it in the later game when it becomes too much of a top deck competition. Okay. It just, it, it, it relies on everything kind of playing around that simple combo and that that's it. Uh, if you haven't played restore balance, it kind of beats you up on a couple different ways. One, it's really easy for it to kill all your lands because uh, the border post version is going to be bouncing basic lands back to its hand uh, to play the border posts. So it's going to put artifacts in that are going to generate mana, but they don't count as lands. And restore balance will even out the lands to whoever has the least number of lands. 
Uh, it also uses gemstone mine. So a common play will be to drop gemstone mine, have no turn one play, but still activate it just to take a counter off of it. So okay. that the turn that you're doing to restore balance, you, you, you sacrifice it so that they have to go down one less land. So yeah, that one there, it's, it's really combo heavy. Uh, but your basic combo is if you can get a greater Gargadon out, you can cast your spell to put restore it, like to cascade, hit restore balance, put it on the stack, sack all your lands to the greater Gargadon. If you have a crappy creature out, sack it to the greater Gargadon, get it to its a point where it's like about to cast itself, and then have the restore balance go off. Maybe you've got one or two cards in your hand, you have no lands in play, you have no creatures in play, your opponent pretty much throws everything out, and then you've got like a greater, greater Gargadon coming into play next turn. Uh, if you do it right, you can even set it up so that you do your Greater Gargadon, Greater Gargadon goes on the stack, it's about to do its thing, then you cast your thing, restore balance, kill everything, Greater Gargadon comes into play. Things with Suspend have haste when they come into play. Uh, again, that always catches people, especially newer players who haven't been playing the game as long. Uh, they yep. don't know because it doesn't actually say anywhere on the card. Yeah, actually, the, the reminder text on Suspend kind of depends on whether it's like a... Uh... Uh, the Bayloth, that's a 5-5, five, five, yeah. you know, Dirkwood Bayloth, or uh, the Greater Gargadon, which has a lot more text. Yeah, I don't even think Greater Gargadon has uh, the reminder text on it. No, it doesn't, that's what I'm saying, yeah. because it has yeah. all that other stuff, whereas yeah. Dirkwood Bayloth is just a 5-5 just a five, five with the uh, Suspend. Yeah. So I'm playing against uh, Kyle. He usually runs uh, like suicide-style decks. Uh, it turns out he was playing mono red. So I, I sit down, I'm down a game, I get to go first. I start playing out my stuff. He goblin guides me off the front. I'm like, okay, he could still be on his suicide deck. And then he starts bolting me. And it's like, okay, I know what's going on here. So I was able to get a restore balance off, kill all of his creatures, get him to discard, get him to lose some lands. But he just went lightning bolt, draw, lightning bolt at end of turn, draw, lightning bolt. And then he draws, like, with no cards in hand, draws lab spike and just finishes me off. So it's just, He's kind of like, you know, I was going to get there eventually. When I got the restore balance off, I think I had him or myself at eight, and I didn't really have anything to push back with, so I, I was in bad shape. It's a deck that I can beat uh, pretty handedly uh, games after that because my game plan is I bring in a couple uh, core firewalkers. So all my cascade spells now either hit restore balance or they hit core firewalker. And I'm, I'm good with that. I'm either killing things or I'm putting something out that reduces his ability to uh, ding me for life. It's even to a point where it's like maybe I get rid of the restore balances and I just keep some of my better removal and go more planeswalkery. It, 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 it kind of just depends like where I think my opponent's going with it. That's, uh, that's actually, uh, that's a living end tactic too. Um, yes. I know that some of my friends would, would take out their living ends to, to, take it, to bring in like Kotaki, Stony Silence, Core Firewalker, things like that. Yeah. Uh, those types of packages. So I, I play one game against him. He kills me, and that's it. Because I got my game lost for being late. Because I don't bring. Uh, apparently, I don't bring cash to play in tournaments. Wallets, <laughs> uh, including my driver's license, to drive to tournaments. And then I don't bring land. And this is not the first time that I've done this. Because when I sort my decks, that I put my land off to the side. I have on more than one occasion left my land at home and brought all my playable spells. <laughs> I played Modern Jun with basic land once. No, no fetches, no shocks, just basic lands. I just went and grabbed a stack of forests, mountains, and uh, swamps, and I threw them into the deck and played like that. 
Did you at least make the match? Uh, I went uh, two and three. Ah. (laughs) In a five-round tournament, I almost went 500 with that deck. I was about to give you so much more credit. (laughs) So uh, that one... uh, that one there, uh, I, I lost that, and it, it sucked. So I had lots of time because obviously it went very quickly. Uh, <laughs> and I lost, I lost my first game before most people had really gotten a couple turns into their games. So I just wandered around the shop. I was looking for some, you know, sweet deals. I managed to get a trade done for a expedition uh, sacred foundry, so that worked out really well. And uh, got to sit down for round two. So for round two, I'm playing against Jund. And I do the sit down and like the guy I'm playing against, like I know a lot of players in the city. I've been playing the game long enough that I kind of know the who's who. There's a lot of newer players. So when I don't recognize a guy, it's like, okay, guy's probably a newer player. He's, he hasn't been at any, many of the big tournaments. So I sit down and I'm like, okay, we're going to play. I've seen him at a few things, but I know that my deck is probably going to catch him off guard. I look at my hand and I'm sitting there. It's like, okay, we'll see what he does and where I need to play, because I'm on the draw. And he goes, first turn, Rage and Ravine. So it's like, okay, he's playing Jund. Um, I've got to restore balance in my hand. Usually I don't like suspending a restore balance right off the get-go, because I don't want the secret to be out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in that case there, it's just like, I know in six turns, I'm going to want to cast restore balance, because Jund is just one of those decks that we play a very long game with, and this is going to be my way to hurt his lands. That's actually this this card here is how I'm going to shut off that Raging Ravine later on, is with this Restore Balance that I do on turn one. So I fire off my Restore Balance, and he kind of takes a peek at it, but he doesn't really look at it. He doesn't really know what's going on with it. So we play this like really kind of long, drawn-out game where I have to use all three of my Restore Balance to kill off his stuff, and eventually he sits there and he plays a uh tassiger after a restore balance he keeps two cards in hand and one card is a restore balance the other one's a, a or one's a tassiger and one's a, a land so he's able to drop the land cast the tassiger and start pounding on me and he attacks me and i'm at one counter left on my my greater gargadon and he's at 11 and he ends up going he goes shock land tap cast Oh, man, he cast something that just... It didn't have an immediate impact on the board, and I can't remember what it is for the life of me. Oh, it was, a, it was a, a, an abrupt decay on, on one of my, uh, my, my, my artifact lands, like one of my border posts, because I had a border post on play. So he blows that up. Um, I used the border, or no, it wasn't a border post. I can't remember what he killed now. It's blowing my mind. I think it was an enchantment of some sort. He must have gotten rid of But when he cast that, he knocked his life total from 11 down to, to 8 to do it. And I think he was just in the mindset that like he could just block my, my greater Gargadon. But my greater Gargadon comes into play, and it has haste, and I just kill him. I attack him for 9 and just outright murder him, and it was just like the onboard kill. And that's where he kind of did the whole, does that have haste? And it's like, yeah, everything was suspended as haste. So we end up playing a game two. Game two doesn't really go too well. Uh, I bring in uh, Ley Lines of Sanctity, and my opening hand is like one land, restore balance, three Ley Line of Sanctity, and a couple other randoms, like a, a Planeswalker, and just a completely unplayable hand, but oh my goodness, Ley Line of Sanctity is so good. 
um, is it Sanctity? Is that the right one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I end up mulliganing into something that doesn't have Leyline, and he just rips me to pieces with Liliana and discard spells, which is just where that deck cannot handle is that kind of stuff. Uh, it's less like uh, Living Death in that case, because in Living Death, you have so much card acceleration because you can just cycle everything into the cards that you need. It's very much like playing Scape Shift, where empty-handed, they're more dangerous than most other combo decks because they have the ability to draw or see five different cards in a turn. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he just rips me to pieces like that. I almost make something of it. I think I resolve and restore balance only once that game, and I end up losing and then game three, we have a really close back and forth game three. Uh, but he figures out how to kind of play against me. He gets the Liliana going. Um, he's able to kind of draw in spots where I have to make like Hail Mary plays where it's like I need to try and resolve in a Johnny Vengeance and tap down something instead of, you know, killing something because I know I can get it bolted out. But if I can resolve the Johnny Vengeance and hold on to it, I can restore balance the turn after and be in a real dominant position type things. Uh, but it just doesn't work out and we end up getting to a spot where we go to turns and i finally am in a spot where i can stall the game out so we get to turn five we stall the game out he's obviously in control he's got like two creatures i've got nothing going but i'm in a position where i think i cast the simian spirit guide yeah that's what it was cast simian spirit guide and i'm able to block so that he can't <laughs> kill me on his turn so it took for five turns goes by and he looks at me he's like okay i guess it's a draw and i look at him like no, man, it's not a draw. You were going to win this game. If we get a draw at this point, already being 0-1 at this round of the tournament, it's a loss for both of us. You're obviously going to win this game. I concede to you. And he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, that's what you do. I I'm not a douchebag. I'm sorry. I can't do that to you. And he's like, oh, well, thanks. And at that point there, it's like, drop, and that's my tournament. So, hmm. yeah, it's, it was one of those things where it's restore balance, obviously not the right deck to play to it. Uh, if I could have brought a deck to the event, I probably would have went with my uh, probably would have went with Dredge. I just feel like graveyards are completely untouched right now. Nobody's hating on graveyards, so uh, that's the deck that I'd like to be playing right now. Is my uh, my Dredge find stuff, but mm -hmm. didn't have it put together. So uh, ah! saw some elves doing some wrecking. <laughs> saw red green scape shift doing some wrecking. Saw a whole bunch of people playing Grixis, which is kind of the norm. Uh, did I see anything? There was a guy playing Mono Blue Turns. Um, yeah, so I hung around a little bit, and then I left. And that was pretty much my magic for the whole weekend. I did a draft online and uh, lost in the first round of that. Uh, I ended up playing green, so that's what you get. What the fuck? Yeah. You keep losing first rounds. Yeah, I know. I'm just... <laughs> I, I, I did pretty terrible, so... Oh man. Yeah, it's brutal. It's it's really brutal. So I love you though. Oh yeah. Well, I, I'd like to be not absolutely stone garbage at the game. Uh that's my goal <laughs> to not be stone garbage at magic, but I, I just gotta <laughs> I gotta set some smaller goals. You know, I'm setting goals that I used to set when I was playing the game a lot more, and I have to just start setting goals to complete one league a week. You know, like little baby steps to get back into it. Uh, I'm glad. Yeah, I think part of the goals would be don't get a brand new puppy. Yeah. Don't have a kid. <laughs> you know, like all of those kinds of things. But well, okay, okay. Let's <laughs> let's work on those things. Let's get those distractions out of your life somehow, and yes, let's make them. I'm going to cycle. fly across the province to a remote uh, work camp and work up there. 
Hopefully it has internet. If not, you're boned. Yeah, I'm I'm really boned. So you're boned magic career wise, podcast wise. Yeah, you just, just I me. might as well I might as well just play Fallout. Well, would you love to do anyway? Yes, I so. do love to play Fallout, so it works out for you. Alrighty. I'm gonna be talking about my yeah. weekend and my sort of Do it, man. Uh my my uh took a I guess break out of my break. I came out of uh, semi-retirement, like like I was talking about last episode. I think I'm only gonna really get back into it next year in 2016. And and it's it's not like like I mentioned earlier. It's like December is really there's no Grand Prix. It's really the perfect time to take a break. There's really no important tournaments. Not only that, PPT PP pre TQs <laughs> season only starts in late January, anyways. So it's the perfect time to take it easy. Uh, though there is a, a local MDSS tournament in Montreal um, this uh, this weekend, I came out of a sort of retirement to play a GPT for Vancouver because my girlfriend's best friend um, she happens to live uh, closer to Quebec, nah, not really Quebec City, but like a few hours out, and uh, her boyfriend's actually a pretty big. Uh, very enthusiastic magic player uh not someone that has done many gps maybe has done two or three but loves the game he's gotten his co-workers into it and uh, both of them were coming down uh, my girlfriend was going to spend time with her best friend and he was going to play this gpt and uh you know it, it was it, he always likes it if i enter the same tournament or if he gets a chance to play against uh me because you know, all, all he's heard is like, you know, my girlfriend has obviously talked me up all this time and uh, he's always wanted to, to, you know, crush me, obviously. <laughs> uh, so I decided to play this GPT. I, I just took Manguchi's list uh, from his latest CFB article because it looked pretty good and uh, it had a cyborg guide. So that was an extra plus. And it incorporated some of the changes that I had talked about like a long time ago, basically how I didn't feel like hanger back walker was was good anymore in in the current format and he just cut them completely for air of the wild so seeing how he he was in the same uh thinking than me i jumped on that board uh of course you know still playing four gideons but uh after having paul dean on the show i do agree with him there's not exactly another great four drop anyways if, even if i don't like gideon as much and uh oh no we were, you have to play a planeswalker at your four drop (laughs) what a terrible (laughs) format um and we were only 12 but uh the judge made the comment that this might be like the toughest 12 player tournament uh that he's ever seen because john stern was playing (laughs) and and, uh like he's like john stern kyt here what kind of what kind of fucking local gpt is this so I didn't manage to go, uh, so it was a cut to top four after five rounds. I, I didn't manage to make top four. Um, I, you know, when you play these local GPTs, a lot of them are, are super uh, inexperienced, and I faced a mono red player, uh, mono red goblins player that were was just like attacking me with Horling Outburst tokens along with a Thunderbreak Regent, uh, but I had two untapped Shambling vents that I could activate. And it's just like just these typical beginner mistakes where I'm like block block. Um you you hit me with Thunderbreak region, but I gain four, so nothing happens, but your two goblin dies, and he's like, Oh shit, that was terrible. <laughs> and then 
he would sort of do the same type of attack the next turn anyway so it's like okay um so i was getting a huge edge even though i wasn't uh in top form because there were a lot of people were doing basic uh mistakes uh in top four i faced john uh, where i ended up losing to him he was on the new well not not new anymore but newish nantuko hus rally the ancestor deck and that deck, I, I crushed him round one because i had turn three and events and so i think that deck doesn't have many main deck uh answers as far as i know that's what john said like i, I couldn't lose with like a turn three and offensa could have blank cards um the rest of my hand uh, because it relies so much that deck relies so much on it but post board you know he brings in murderous cuts and and other solutions and he can sort of in game one he has ways of delaying it because he plays the uh the oh man forgets its name the one blue mana bounce guy when you exploit so he has a bunch of those so he would sometimes like collect a copy for one of them bounce it and then be able to uh cutthroat me for a bunch of damage at least so that was a, a little annoying uh, but post board with that bounce guy and murderous cut he's able to keep an offensive on the board and um he clogs the the ground a lot to the point where windmate rock has to be one of my best cards to win that matchup but i also have it's awkward because i do have to put enough pressure on him um before he because he also plays jaces and so if you don't have an early start, but then he has all these visionaries, all these like stupid chump blockers to protect his Jace, mm -hmm. he's going to win the long run if you give him enough time. And he is able to play around uh, Hallowed Burial, which is what, uh, no, not Hallowed Burial, uh, Hallowed Moonlight yeah. really well, because you have to keep two mana up, which is pretty cheap. But like the fact is, is that his his spells that you have to counter with Howl Moonlight, they're instant. So, for example, whether it be Collected Company or Rally the Ancestor, he can do it on his turn or your turn, so you you don't have any... It's it's just really weird that you can't... Um, you, always, you always have to keep two up, but he doesn't. So it's like this weird thing where I'm like, man, I just have to keep two up all game because I duressed him. I know he has at least one rally and at least possibly another collected company. So I'm just sitting there with this Hollow Moonlight. I'm like, ugh. Like, and I can't cycle it because I, unless I know I'm drawing a second one. So it's this really, really uh, awkward spot where, you know, I'm at like five, six lands. I want to jam this Windmate Rock, but I know that I can't because I'm just going to die. Uh, to a resolved rally or, or, or a collected company that gets one of his uh, key cards. So I did lose to it. And I think before, even before it was a, a tough matchup, usually when I play Abzan against even the traditional rally deck or the elf rally deck, uh, they just pose enough chump blockers to buy them enough, themselves enough time. And as long as they kill one of my Anafenzas, unless I just draw running Anafenzas, They'll they'll be good, and they can always murderous cut it end of turn, and then do their shenanigans. Um, because I, in that case, I would have to have like my valorous stance or or some other card to be able to protect it from the cut. Um, so that deck is is a real deal, especially if everyone's playing Abzan. And but with top four, I felt pretty good about my game. I felt uh, 
that I enjoyed competitive magic again and I and I look forward to jamming more games in the near future. Um so that was I might consider playing the modern deck, but the one deck that I can borrow would be the Amulet Bloom deck from Hain. And like I sat down with Hain, who's wanted to teach me, and you know, we we like maybe goldfished a game together and my brain wanted to pop. <laughs> so Yeah, I remember when we were just when it was like you and me and Oh we yeah, me and you games. even, yes. And yes. and Alex was like yeah, you just do just do that, and you're you're. There were the, like yeah. the longest two games I think I've ever played, of casual yeah. magic because you just, I don't know, you there. It's a really hard deck to play. <laughs> yeah, you don't. He know, but he's played it so often that he knows exactly what to do, and uh, he did well once again. Uh, he cashed in his last. He's cashed every GP he's played it. He got Sigris to finish ninth with his list in the last uh, modern GP. Yeah, so. Good. That deck is for real if you put in the time, and uh, you probably should before it gets possibly banned before the Pro Tour. I, I think something's going to happen. Something's getting banned or unbanned right before the PT because they've, they've always done that, and they like to do that to spice up the format. So uh, I, I wonder if they will ban Amulet. I don't know. I don't I know, though. It, was, some chance. it looked like it was only like one deck out of the top 32, right? Right, right. So it might not. Yeah, like that's um, if you if you look at like when they did bannings to Jun and Storm, the whole argument was that it was eating up too much of the meta game. Like, so if it's the best deck and nobody was willing to accept that, there's a good chance it could stick around a lot longer, you know. And it still doesn't see a huge chunk of the meta, yeah. despite the, it being ridiculous. Yeah, and I was looking at the pit results, and it looks like that. Although the top eight wasn't as diverse because it was basically like a scapeshift deck, um, one other deck, and then basically twin and affinity, uh, the top 32 looked fairly diverse. Yeah, but I've had people complain about how it like sort of breaks. It, I could it see breaks it, the like, turn four rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, I, I right. could definitely so. see it because of that. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I don't think it's necessary, but. It's just- the same reason, like, well, Eggs, Eggs won the PT, but it wasn't really dominating the PTQ scene at all, or even the GP scene. For, no, it, it, won, when I remember, it so. won the PT. It was pretty funny, because I remember when we were testing in the Man of Deprived B house, um, I was there with Noah Long, and we were both like, we're going to get a card banned. Like, I, I, we're, <laughs> we're going to get a card banned in this deck. Like, it, it's that broken, and... <laughs> Noah ended up getting uh I think he was a top twenty-five. And the Pro Tour was eventually actually won by uh uh Sifka playing eggs as well. And it was yeah. just that. And then I think uh was it Holiday or I can't remember who won it. It was it might have been No, it wasn't Holiday. I think it was Sifka again at uh at San Diego, GP San Diego, and after that it all seemed to just end. <laughs> I mean, but that deck was not was. I mean, partially banned because of the just the time. I mean, it was why top it. Oh yes, I mean, it's like yeah, because it just it takes too damn long to play. Yeah, yeah. You masturbate too long. Yeah, you have to kill. It has to. You have to kill your opponent. It's like get the fuck get over with. So, um, I don't know. I'm curious. I I think I'm pretty sure something's getting unbanned or banned. So that's that's going to be interesting to uh, keep an eye on. Um, 
Matt, I heard you you tried out the uh, legendary cube on Moto. I'm curious to know your thoughts. Yeah, so I am actually also kind of on a break. Uh, GP Indy was the last GP I had to work for the rest of the year, so I basically am just kind of just hanging out, um, what, reading a lot of comics, watching a lot of great movies. Um, but I took a break to uh, my friend from St. Louis came to stay with me here in here in Kansas City, and uh, we basically had like a three day uh, sketch writing magic playing weekend. Where basically we jammed some modern, and then uh, we got online, and I played some legendary cube, and then we we actually tested his uh, his Zer deck in modern, just because it's super fun to play. Um, but yeah, I played the legendary cube. Um, I actually just drafted twice and went o one in both drafts. Um, but I had some pretty funny, memorable moments. Uh, the cube is is weird. Um, it's very top heavy. It feels like um, I felt like I was uh, like in the drafts. I felt like I was getting uh, three or four or five, more, you know, more uh, three or four or five too many four and five drops. Um, so I felt like one of the strategies in that cube is is uh, drafting early drops early. Um, just so that you have something to do. Uh, so, which makes, like, the red and the white aggressive decks possibly a little bit better in that kind of cube. Um, but I don't have any solid information to really back that up, other than my two experiences with it. But uh, So the first deck, I, first deck I drafted was this really cool blue-black deck um, that was, it was kind of a control tempo deck that I was pretty excited about. And so my first round i got to go first and uh it's been a while since this sort of sequence has happened to me but i got to go first so i played my land passed he played his land passed i played my second land he and passed he played his he played a bounce land and then when he played the bounce land i looked at this card in my hand called rescind and i had to reread it because it is an instant for blue blue one with cycling for two colorless but it says bounce target permanent so yeah. i played i played uh my third land and then rescinded his bounce land back to his hand putting him at zero lands okay it gets better so then he then uh he plays a temple of a temple uh scries passes i play a land and a threat and then he plays uh bounce land uh and i think he played a one drop but I could be wrong, and then he passed, and then um, I attacked him, and then he I attacked him, played something else, and then he played a land and a creature, and then I looked at my Silumgar's command in my hand, and reread re it, and it says, bounce target permanent. So I was able to kill his creature, bounce his bounce land, and at that point he just conceded, because he was just so far behind in tempo. Um, <laughs> Game two and three did not. Games two and three did not go my way. Uh, game two, I just didn't um, didn't draw a fourth land or a fifth land for a really long time, and that ended up costing me the game uh, because I had like a bunch of. Uh, it was one of those games where if you draw your fifth land, like I just Silmgar's command two things, and I just 
completely turn the game around and it like I just win handily. But uh, that just that like it just didn't happen. And then game three, I took a really uh, I I was in kind of a tight spot and took one line um, where I should have taken another. And n- neither line really guaranteed victory. It was just one um, would have capitalized more on the gains and not uh, as opposed to like lim- limiting risk. So uh, and then the second draft, I drafted this red and black aggressive deck um that i was i was really not sure of um and then i won actually that's so i did go one and one in this draft so my first my first draft um my first game i played a sword of the chosen which taps to give a legendary creature plus two plus two and then i played a uh, another piece of equipment and then i played a jessica and then uh, or no, I played the Hero's Blade, which is attached, which atta- automatically attaches to a legend, which is pretty good in that cube, because uh, everything's legendary. So I played a Jesco, which is a three-one with haste that and first strike that allows you to tap it to ping something. And I'm like, surely he's going to kill this. He didn't kill it, so I attached Hero's Blade to it, and then I gave it plus two, plus two, and attacked for eight. And then I untapped, and then attacked for eight, and he just was he just scooped after that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Game two, game two meant uh, game two of that match went much the same way where I basically just played a two drop, a three drop into a hasty four drop, and then just he just couldn't handle like the actual curve out because when curve outs happen in that cube, I don't know how you catch up from that sort of stuff. And then game game uh, round three was pretty close where basically I didn't uh, I got screwed game two or game one and then a lost two close game game games after that and then uh so that was my experience with legendary cube Hmm. so yeah so do you like it overall um i think it's one of those cubes that probably rewards johnny's much more than any other cube they've released so far uh you can definitely it feels like you can go deep um but it also is just like it's one of those things where it could be those strategies could just be too cute to really be successful. Um, but I have seen tons and tons of screenshots of really cool stuff going on in that cube. So um, shout out to BDM who you know he's posted I think three different pictures of the cruelest, the crueler and cruelest ultimatums. Where basically they they get copied from some effect. Oh yeah, so, mm. which seems ba- like living the dream. But, Sounds uh, like a good dream. Yeah. So and then uh, we played some modern and uh, <laughs> my friend's Zerdek. It's just, it's just insane. Um, he plays four color four colors basically everything but red, and. Uh, people don't know what he's doing and then he plays Zer, and then they still don't know what they're doing. And then he attacks with Zer, and then goes, gets goes and gets whatever enchantment crushes them at that point in the game. Um, and then if he doesn't have anything great to get, he just grows, goes and grabs a steel of the Godhead and is just attacking them for, you know, with a three, seven flying. Yeah. I remember uh, that deck. Yeah. That deck's pretty cool. Uh, but being able to go get like, you know, uh, coursers when you need them, stony silence, yeah. uh, uh, detention spheres. Detention spheres. Yeah, he just like 
gets a lot of stuff. Um, and then he plays green so that he has access to Abrupt Decay. Um, so the deck has a lot of play, actually, between Path, Abrupt Decay, Detention Sphere, and then you have a nice top end with, uh, uh, with like, the Zers and stuff. And he plays Geists, and a lot of times, like, tons of decks just don't have anything to do. To, I mean, don't have anything to answer Geist with. So, yeah, he's uh, posted some pretty cool, pretty good records online with it so far. Hmm. Sweet, sweet. Um. Anything else? No, nah, that was that was my magic. All right. That was some pretty sweet I, magic. Right. Oh no 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 no! I almost forgot. So, uh, my first match, uh, my the the match that I won, uh, game three with my in the legendary cube with my red black deck. So I was I was really bummed. So I drafted Hidetsugu second right, which uh, you guys pro- may or may not know what it does. Everyone knows what that card does. <laughs> yes, everyone knows what that card does. And if it doesn't, you pretend like you know what that card does. Yes. And you go and you Google it right now. <laughs> so I had this opportunity to game one, Hidetsugu second and second right him out. Uh, unfortunately, I got brain bited. So he discarded my second right. And or no, he discarded one of my cards and then played a fetch land, which put him at nine. So I was totally bummed about that. But game three, I was able to. Uh, I basically was a. I was able to attack him for two, and then attack him for four. And then I think he played a shock land, and then I was able to toe attack him for two again. And then I I. So I was tapped out, so I couldn't ride him at end of turn. So I just untapped and just main phase Tenyu. You got it? Like, he had all un- he had untapped lands. I-, I just first main phase, played second right. It felt like hitting a home run. <laughs> good job. Yeah, I love that card. It's so it's good. good card. It's I mean, good- it's so good and so bad. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, we're going to bring on our guest, Mr. Uh, Expenses, uh, Mr. <laughs> Expensive Sorcery Master himself, Shaheen Surani. Let's call him in. Hello, Mr. Surani. All right, so welcome back to the show for the nth time, except this time we actually don't have your number one fan uh, among us, as uh, Mr. Scotty Mac is still on hiatus. <laughs> I know. I actually messaged him on Facebook. I'm like, "What's uh, holding you people up?" And he's like, "Oh, wow. <laughs> get out!" Yeah, and he's like, uh, "Don't." <laughs> he's like, "Thanks." This shows the true friendship there. You know, don't even know his life. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Yeah, it's all right. It'll be all right. Yeah, you'll bring him back from the brink. Yeah. Well, I've been. Busting his balls about like being a meathead now and just like oh, in the gym getting swole, you know. <laughs> and you guys make like, fun of me because you didn't think I listened to the podcast. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I actually, um, I actually respond to people that ask about the podcast, like in the forums and questions. Like people message me. I just don't listen to anything, man. I just don't have time. I don't even read my own article to skim over. There are horrible grammatical errors. And like, <laughs> just like people are like, ask me what's wrong with me if I know how to like, you know, 
like type basic English. <laughs> I don't have time. I, I this is actually yeah. the first weekend coming up where I'm not traveling five weeks in a row, so I get to like relax. Yeah, December is like the the magic down month, and uh, like you told me before the chat, uh, before we got you on the call, you're you're running off uh, three hours of sleep just coming back from the SCG Open that held uh, their their big Legacy Open because uh, you know it seems like I, I don't know what the state of Legacy is. It seems like people are uh, slowly phasing it out or something and then people are concerned about its future but SCG still from time to time will hold one of these big opens and uh you did fairly well in this one yeah I, like the tournament was great it was um i mean legacy's great uh stone blade i think there's like maybe out of like 500 people playing in the room there were maybe like five people playing stone blade <laughs> like it was just an ultimate i've never seen that few ever in the years of been playing the deck so i mean they might have told me something but um i mean the deck was great it's actually even better than it ever was so that kind of brought a lot of surprise i mean my losses um <laughs> were to back to basics blood moon and then on camera did you see the calcano play on camera by chance no. No, no, go ahead. All right, so Tell us all about it. That's a quick one. Yeah, I, I'm only into six. Keep a god hand. It's three fetch lands. Uh, thought seize, brainstorm, swords. And <laughs> he and I scry to the bottom some doofusy card, I forgot what it was. Um, and then he keeps a real stinky hand. And he's like, uh, turn one uh, probes me. And he's playing Grixis Delver. I just, I beat that deck like for a living. Like, I played it three times, and he beat me because of this play about to happen, but the other two were pretty easy. I beat uh, uh, Daniel Duarte and uh, another pretty big name playing the deck, for God. Um, but yeah, so we're, he probes me, and then he looks at, his, he looks at my hands like, God, it's a good hand, and then he like writes it, <laughs> writes it down, and then he plays a volcanic island. His hand is Delta Island, so he plays a volcanic island, and he's like, oh, yeah, Needle. Blue Delta. My hand was Delta, Delta, Delta. <laughs> the, game. Just, the commentators have a good, like, you know, 10 minutes of just joking and laughing and having a great time. So I'm glad they did. But uh, I actually made it interesting. I ripped the Tundra for the first card and brainstormed and hit a Crocus and a, and a Jace. Vryn's Prodigy. So I was going to be able to loot him away because his hand was real bad. And his hand, and I had a rest in peace. And his hand was a couple Deathrite Shamans and a Delver and land. And he, like, on top of his library happened to be a Wasteland. And that ended the game. I hit my Tundra. And I had no more colored mana for the rest of the game. But that was uh, the first loss. And the other losses were to Blood Moon and Back to Basics. Those are my losses over the week. Just the full inability to cast spells. And, of course, it's just, you know, if you've been following it all, like what I've been, like, ranting about, and just magic, just the ability to play interactive games, which I don't, I don't care about Legacy. Legacy's a lost cause. Like, you know, it's you accept the fact you're playing these super powerful spells and uh, Wasteland and Stifle and Blood Moon and Choke and Back to Basics <laughs> and all these things keep you, in, keep you in check. And I'm okay with that because you sacrifice brute power for doing these kind of things if they're paying three mana for enchantments. Yeah, you you're in a format with you know force of will, so you can stop it. So, but uh, you know that's that leads me to the modern event coming up. That's uh, that's the big one. I'm, I'm actually 
defecting and playing an aggro deck at this invitational. <laughs> wow, which one? I am playing a self-made blue-red Delver deck. They told me Delver is unplayable in modern, so um, I'll play Delver. Why? Uh, well, I built on a line last week, and I played probably way too many games. Like on the way up to all these road trips, the last two. Um, I've been playing it like we play it all the way on the road. I play in the hotel room all night. I play at home. Play it during class sometimes wow. when the kids are testing. I'll just play Delver. And um, like this deck is just a Blood Moon, uh, Blood Moon deck with a like a fast clock on it and this maximum blue disruption. I actually don't play any of the traditional uh, Delver spells, like no other burn that the most Delver decks you'll see in older formats have. I just play only four Lightning Bolts and two Electrolyze. So the rest of it is just blue interaction, which is set up to beat the metagame. Um, you know, you got your traditional four Delver, four Young Pyromancer, and uh, two Jace Rinse Prodigy, four Snapcaster Mage as a creature package. So you have six Snapcaster Mages in the deck with Jace, and then just all cantrips, counter magic, and minimum bolting effects with Blood Moon. So it's been pretty good. I uh, I've been just won a actually right before I got on this thing about 15 minutes ago. I won an eight man. I played against Affinity, um, Amulet Bloom, and the Gora's Vengeance deck. So it's uh it, it has a pretty good game against the field right now. So I'm pretty excited about it. Hmm. Wow. How far are um, we fallen, right? Where I am yeah. casting Lightning Bolt in Delvers. <laughs> it's just. I'm it's so proud of you. Oh, this is such ranger showing. <laughs> I tried to play Amulet Bloom at the uh, after the tournament was over yesterday, and we we're playing games for fun. And I look like just a a Neanderthal. <laughs> like I, I had no idea what I was doing. Couldn't figure out the triggers. I like, just can't do it right. And there's just some decks I'll stay away from. But like these decks, aggro is so easy, man. Like it's just it's just every play is just super obvious. It's just got to play tight and you know, do the one play that's correct every time and you'll be fine. But like, you know, Amulet Bloom, that's a tough deck to play. Like, I don't know if you guys have had the, the pleasure of playing it. With yeah. my limited experience, it's, especially when there's like hate involved and, uh, you know, they're they're doing stuff to stop you. That's when that deck gets really, really weird to play. Like when there's a Fulminar Mage out, a Ghost Quarter out, a combination of both. Or if, I don't know if you ever played against that green-white, horrendous uh, Wesco aggro deck thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, that can't be a good matchup, and I can't. I would. I would just concede, like, rather than play, like, you know, against all those those kind of interactions, that would be way too difficult. And Magic Online has already like destroyed me against Lena and Arbiter because I've I've yet to pay two in advance before f sixing or saying yes. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> Magic Online with Leon and Arbiter is just cruel. It's stupid. I hate it. Yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. It's like that demon in Limited, the one where it's like, choose two creatures and sacrifice the rest. Yeah, and you can F2 right through it. <laughs> yeah. I just, it always wraps me. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, you got it. Yeah, but, like, it, it's it's funny because Legacy is great, and I think that's why I'm here anyway to kind of talk about it. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a great what format. was your prep? I wanted to know what your, like, you always, you're famous for, uh, for just goldfishing in your room, but now with Modern, you're playing infinite games, but for Legacy, I, w I was curious, how much did you actually prep with it, and um, how new are some of these uh, new cards that I'm seeing? Um, I, I haven't been following Legacy at all, 
in ter- uh, we're seeing like Jace in your Stoneblade deck and like one Painful Truth. We're seeing Painful Truth in other formats as well. So uh, talk to me about that. Yeah, the the deck has had uh, I I didn't test it all. I did, you know, I'll come clean. But Legacy, I, I still test it. Like I said. <laughs> it. It's it's the one format that gives me the the luxury of not testing for a few reasons. One, um, no other real nice way to say it, but people are not the greatest at playing Legacy, and <laughs> and that and I'm not actually I'm not some kind of you know all star professional, but like in Legacy. It's it's not like standard. It's not like modern or it, even anything like limited, where you can make slight errors and win. You just can't. You can't do anything wrong ever. And if you do, you instantly lose. And the benefit I've told people, probably on your show, I've told you a bunch of times too. If you play the same deck for four years straight, you're just naturally going to be decent at it, you know. And if you are in a format like Legacy, you can just pick the deck up at will and then perform pretty pretty optimally with it. But um, the cards I added were, uh, Jace has been, he is he is the true, either just an all star or you're just like oh my god what is wrong with me like you just it, why is this not Snapcaster Mage it's never in between it's never like the same like yeah it, it, it's, it's crazy like against like the Grixis Delver decks and you top deck him you're like oh my god I am a master and you just play that card like it's just you feel so good because it like loots you to another card so it's almost like it ponders kind of in Legacy it feels like a ponder because going a couple cards deep just by itself, just by the natural looting ability and a deck with all these thought seizes and really trashy cards that you really don't want later in the game. And extra stone forge is just so good. So you, you pitch a card, you flip it, you you instant value with anything in the graveyard, casting Supreme Verdict, and then keeping your Jace is just insane. Just you know, you you know the you everyone knows what the card does. It just like does crazy things. But sometimes I had a match where I was playing and I drew it with three mana, and I was at, like, really low life with a flip delver. I'm like, oh, my God, why is that sad catch? But so I, I think the split there is good. Okay. The second ponder is very good. Uh, I added the click back in. With with uh, Dick Through Time getting banned, the, the fairer blue decks have spiked in power, and then and that shows with everybody's playing uh, Grixis Delvers. Like one, it was, like, the second most played deck in the format at this tournament is because uh, with Dick Through Time gone, the combo decks literally just just caved, just crashed. I mean, the sneak and show numbers were embarrassingly low. Um, I that was shocked about that. I, was, I would think that these Omnitoe guys would just switch to sneak and show, but they're I guess they clearly know that that deck was pretty bad for this entire existence, <laughs> and it's just was the worst combo deck. Um, so yeah, I mean that. Preparing for this tournament was pretty easy. You just have to... I up my Containment Priest just in case Sneak and Show is around. I added a Nahiri to the board who was, was just an absolute all-star in that in, in the tournament. What, what card is that? Nahiri is the plane, the white commander Planeswalker for five. Oh, that's a card? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me and my opponents had to read it every time. And I'm casting Yeah, I would totally read that card. I don't know. Oh, yeah. That's... Every time I cast it, I read it. It's sorry, so... I'm off the top of my head. <laughs> it's a five mana, three loyalty planeswalker, uh, plus two, puts a one one core or something or other in play. Uh, <laughs> and you can equip it to an equipment that is in play uh, if you choose to. It has a minus two ability to put in a uh, equipment from your hand or your graveyard 
which is the key, uh, into play. And oh. I, don't, I don't know if he equips. I'm sure it equips too. Who knows? I don't know. I think it equips. Um, and the ultimate, which actually came up in my second to last round winning in. No, no, no. It was the winning in. Just kidding. It was, it was X and three uh, going to the last round uh, playing against Sultai, uh, Charlotte Sultai, Sult, whatever it's called these days. And he has out a bunch of stuff and he's attacking my Jace. He has a creeping tar pit. So Jace is kind of getting a beating on fate ceiling, but Dahiri's chugging along the whole time. And it gets to a point where he decides to kill Jace, which I don't know if it's terribly wrong. I get to untap, put Nahiri at 11. The ultimate's minus, <laughs> the ultimate's minus 10. So then he goes, I rip a sword, say, say go. He attacks Nahiri, I sword the thing, and we stop the match for a minute, and we all have to read the... I don't know if you... The ultimate line is like a paragraph. Oh, it okay, is, sweet. Oh, my God. Let me... Hold on, let me pull it. I have it, I have it in front of me. Okay, you go, can't wait to... Read it, go ahead, because I don't even know. Put a colorless equipment artifact token named Stoneforge Blade onto the battlefield. What? It has indestructible. Equipped creature gets plus five, plus five, and has double strike and equip zero. Yeah, oh, so yeah. he died instantly. I mean, I hit him for 16 with a creeping tar pit, and he just died. <laughs> it was, Seems fair. Yeah, it was, it was horrible. It was, it was an ugly way to go. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the added cards were great. The, the deck was great. It performed. Well, how good was Painful Truce? Oh, it was, it was uh, amazing. It was absolutely amazing. It only cost me one game. I play against. God, what's his name? He's like the youngest open winner ever. He's like he looked like I don't want to hurt his feelings. He looks like he's eight years old. He, he <laughs> what's his name? God, he won an open for in standard. He's like a Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh world master. Summoner. <laughs> Gotta catch. Is he the young guy who does uh who does uh, articles on Star City? <sighs> Hold on, it's gonna come to me. It's it's. It's, a, <laughs> it's not like, uh, I'm thinking, it's not Kerrigan, is it? All right, this is going to get mean, okay? Because I kept saying his name wrong, okay? Who's the, like, the, the, the not, you know, remember, I'm on three hours sleep, so I yeah, apologize yeah. all the people, re- like, listen to this, and they're like, what is wrong with this idiot? No, uh, seriously, they're used to this level of service with our show. Oh, good, good, good. Let's keep it. And you, uh, Shaheen, too. Yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I keep coming and getting invited back. Um, What is the, uh like, the... The novel with like the poor, real poor boy that's kind of like just chugging along throughout the world. What's his name? It's like this. This the novel. It's a short story with the, like the poor boy going through the world. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up. Hold on. It's his name. <laughs> he won an open. His last name is unpronounceable. Oh my god! I can't believe it. Anyway, so <laughs> is it? What's the nationality of the novel? Uh, British. Gulliver. Is it Gulliver's yeah, Travels? Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Is that his name Gulliver? Is this his name? Is Gulliver something? Yeah. You tell us. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, this is gonna. We have derailed. We'll put it on you, bud. <laughs> we are gonna pass by this name. Anyway, he's like eight, and he won it open, and he uh, is playing um, uh, the Miracles deck, and I basically he mulligans the six. I have a God hand. It's just unreal. It's like thought sees counter spell. <laughs> Uh, painful truths, Jace. It's just every, everything that anyone would ever want. Does and, he needle your fetch lands? Uh, no, no. Actually, we get to, <laughs> it's, it's even better. So this is I'm three and zero day two. If I beat him. I'm pretty much like one more win, and then I can look for maybe a draw for top eight. And uh, I thought season him and take like the, the counterbalance. So he has a top out, 
And then on turn three, on my on turn three on my turn, I have an option. I can say go with no fourth land and have counter spell open against a deck that's just famous for playing lands and topping, which is would be the, completely the wrong play, I think. That's, that sounds like horrendous. Or I can cast Painful Truths for three and draw three cards and continue to hit my land drops. So I can cast Painful Truths. Um, of course, I have a Creeping Tarpon play, which is just the worst card in Magic. I don't know. I was convinced by Ben Freeman to play it. He's an idiot. The card is terrible. Don't ever play in Legacy. It's it's like a it's, what? It's just well, you, ridiculously bad. You just said how you won a game oh, with I, it. I, well, I, that's I that's results oriented. He was dead anyway. He was dead. To, he was dead to <laughs> freaking one one core guy in two turns. Whatever. I just wanted to kill him with style points. You know, unblockable finish him kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so like I I cast it. And he untaps with no other way to cast spells and slams Blood Moon. And I was like, Miracle still plays Blood Moon? That, I mean, that was a thing like three years ago. And they stopped doing it because they can't cast any spells either. And they just <laughs> die to it. So we say go, go, go for like nine turns. No one's casting any spells. I, my lands were all the non-basics in my deck pretty much. I did draw a basic. And he finally drew... Uh, an island. He actually boarded out a plains for a mountain, and he's like, I can't believe I did that, and I felt like an idiot when I drew my mountain. And I lost that match, and that was my game three. So, that's, uh, it was pretty, it's the format, like, besides, besides, like, these, like, stop you from playing spell kind of cards, if you're gonna play Legacy, like, these Stoneblade cards are just, they've never been better. Like, Jace, perfect fit. Painful Truce, the best card draw spell that you can hope for. You have life gain to offset it with Battle Skull Day. So you're doing all the stuff that these decks used to do, like just punishing people with card advantage and just like I mean, I don't know how long you've been playing Legacy, but if you think about the standstill days, you know how hard people had to fight to draw three cards? Like it was like one of the hardest things to do. I mean people play accumulated knowledge even before that. So now it's a one card, you're paying life, who cares? You know, it, it's it's legacy. You get it right back. You know, unless you're playing against like red or red, you're fine with paying three life. <laughs> so the deck was great. Um, I saw on Twitter that some that people were uh, saying, "Why would you use Shardless Bug to try to draw three cards when you could just cast Painful Truth?" What do you think of that? I like the logic. I, I don't know. Shardless Bug just seems uh, pretty pretty loosey when it comes to picking a deck because. It, again, it's just like you just said. It, it, you're trying to do complicated things to draw three cards when you could just draw three cards, you know, and not have to worry about it. And if there's probably a better deck out there with like Deathrite Shamans and him to Turok and um, Painful Truce, it's, him is just getting not enough play these days when it's at its best because with these Dig Through Time decks gone and the ability for these decks to really bounce back with cards. I think him is at his best. So I, don't, I, I see if, if Legacy actually doesn't, you know, go out to pasture, I can see uh, a lot of really good, painful truth him, Deathrite Shaman decks. And the other colors are kind of irrelevant. But, like you said, Legacy is it's not dead. It's just, <clears throat> from a financial point of view, from a player-based point of view, it just was a no-brainer for Star City. I mean, you you the mon- you know you got to follow the money. You got to follow where the fans want. Patrick Sullivan, while I was getting needled with no lands or any ability to cast anything, was just cackling and saying, "This is legacy at its finest." And yeah. he's right, you know. 
I am biased toward Legacy. I all those invitationals and the, the opens. I have barely won a match in standard, but got carried by Legacy. So it's going to be a tough road for me in the future um, if I continue to stay loyal to what I play. Because uh, Legacy is just the format where blue reigns supreme, and if you're not playing blue, you're you're probably uh probably doomed unless you're playing lands, and then you're just a really really bad person. Did you play in uh, Seattle? I did not. I thought about it, but there's an open close to me, and for my area, flying is really expensive. Like the Seattle plane ticket was close to you know six hundred dollars for me. It's like five fifty or something. Oh wow. So, yeah, so if a tournament costs that much to go to, I just won't do it because you know you got a freaking top four of the thing to do it. And when Jarvis won that uh, that Grand Prix, I was just ranting. I'm like, I told you guys, play a Telemans performance. <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, you got to play this card. And if you got anyone on the show uh, know what that is, by the way, I think Carl. Uh, that's a I... bribery, but for or no, no polymorph, but for an artifact, right? Uh, no, it is. Nope. Is five mana. Uh, target opponent reveals cards from the top of their library, okay, until they hit a creature card. Yeah. Uh, they do that and then remove all or put all cards reveal this way into that opponent's graveyard. Yeah, it's it's the polymorph for an opponent, right? For a creature. Yeah. So it's basically you cast against lands and they die instantly because they don't have any creatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I played that. I Does miracles play creatures? They play, yeah, they play Sapcaster, Click, and oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's actually very few decks that you can actually tell them as performance. It's just, it's really just lands, but I also boarded in against, um... I tied? Uh, uh, yeah, if I play against that. I, uh, well, they I play Cloud of Fairies, right? Uh, no, they just, pl- they just play, um, this, uh, Candelabra's, uh, High Tide. Okay, okay. Yeah, they're, they're, the old version with, uh, Snaps and stuff had, uh, Cloud of Fairies before they unbanned, um, time spiral they would play that but um yeah so they have they don't have anything but the only other deck really is uh 12 posts because they have i'll just i would love to pay five mana to get a primeval titan that's good enough for me too but you can also hit an eldrazi at best so um yeah but i top aided the open where i got second at my winning it was against lands and uh todd anderson was walking behind my opponent i slammed the six land through a rashad and pork and ask him if he has any creatures. He goes, "Oh God!" <laughs> and Todd just like starts cackling in the background because <laughs> it's just such a stupid card. But it's the only way, um, you know, these fair decks can beat that that strategy. So if you're playing a fair deck out there, you need you need this five mana sorcery, and it's actually not that hard to get to it because of you just keep your fetch lands out, you just play smart, you keep all your swords in, you delay, 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 and then eventually you just tap five and kill them. So pretty good. So I'm curious, and uh, so this is like some some conversations I've had with friends whenever legacy events kind of come around. Um, there's that saying, you know, that uh, like good at legacy, bad at magic. And I was wondering wondering the difference between, and you didn't play in Seattle, so, it, but you've played in legacy Grand Prix before. Uh, how important, like you can be good at legacy and be successful at Star City Opens. I mean, we all know those players who are very good at legacy. Uh, but they kind of struggle everywhere else. How how does that success translate to a Grand Prix level? Like, because uh, my theory was that going into Seattle was that I was going to see the best players in Magic rising to the top because they were good at Magic and not just good at Legacy. Uh, yeah, 
yeah, I think that's exactly what you saw too. Besides, I mean, the, obviously Jarvis won, um, and you know, you know, kudos to him. He's 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 pretty good. The deck he was playing was almost like cheating in the top eight. Uh, the this cannot lose the fair decks, and it's just lands. I have I've always had a lot of beef with that deck because of the time it takes to win with it, and now actually these time arguments are kind of picking up a lot of steam on Twitter and social media, and I'm trying to get everyone all riled up again over it. Every every <laughs> legacy event, I try to get people riled up. I took a picture of Joe Lissette, took a picture of the clock at 21 minutes, and I tried to merge them, but I couldn't figure out on my phone how to mix two pictures together, so I got all messed up, and I couldn't do it. But if I wasn't an idiot technologically, I was going to post that and use that as kind of like the, the flagship. It was happening every round. There were three matches left, Miracle versus Miracle, Miracle versus uh, Painter Servant, and a Miracle versus something else. It's just absolutely ridiculous. Um, but anyway, that's that's you need to hear. Let's go back to your question. <laughs> so, the the better players will rise to the top, um, and that just happens in every legacy event. I think it's because at, at Grand Prix, when Reed Duke, or even in an open or invitation, when Reed Duke picks up miracles and plays against like a good friend of mine, Dan Musser, uh, he's he's had a lot of success in the Star City circuit. He played against Reed, and Reed smashed him. You know, it's, it, Darren's been playing miracles forever. He plays in all the opens with me, but it's Reed Duke. And the, if you look at the top eight, Calcano, who hasn't played a match of Legacy in like a year, you know, almost wins the Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. So I think your your theory still holds true that the cream of the crop still rises to the top there, and that the Star City guys are they're not bad. I I don't think I'm bad. I don't think like Caleb Scherer, who got second at the Open, is bad. I don't think these guys are necessarily not good at Magic, but in comparison to these platinum and gold pros that are traveling and spending a ton of time preparing, they can't really hold a candle to them. And I think that even if the most experienced legacy veteran from the open series goes to battle, you know, the most veteran of the just in magic general, um, you're going to see that the more experienced pro is going to win more times than not. And another example of that is like with the draft opens when they have those, I mean, I have looking at a, nice little stack of them right now in front of me. I feel real special and proud of myself, but I don't have any illusion that I'm better at limited than, you know, people that play on the pro tour regularly, but in star city, it's again, it's, it's more of a, uh, I don't want to say casual, but people are more comfortable traveling and playing in these opens than they are in grand prix that are, especially like a long distance to them. Like for example, um, the New Jersey open here. I, everybody on the East coast that's ever loved legacy seemed to travel to this. It wasn't a big one, but you just see all the legacy lovers, you know, at this event Mm -hmm. and they, they love it. They play it. They do, they perform. Okay. If I was better with names, I'd just list all the star city guys that play a match of legacy. They were all there and it was awesome. But at a grand prix, it's just, you know, Again, like you said, the the cream will rise to the top there. Yeah, I always and I, I don't want anybody, you know, listen. Uh, this is more directly directed towards the listeners. I don't want anybody thinking that I'm dogging legacy players, uh, or people who kind of identify themselves as that in terms of magic. But um, I, I'm just tying this back to my own experience of being a constructed player for so many years and just being a terrible limited player and having a just a ceiling on my potential success. Now that like. The Pro Tour especially is half limited, half constructed. You just, if you have higher aspirations, 
and legacy is your format you just have to play other formats and you have to be good at that you like you have to get better at magic in general oh, yeah. holistically uh you know so that that's just more to my more my point than anything yeah i give that speech to everybody who says and i've actually offended a reader in the last article when i replied to his comment and He's like, well, I'm a modern player. What do you know? Kind of thing. Saying, you know, Blood Moon's a fair card and it just makes for good old-fashioned fun magic, you know, the way God intended it. Um, <clears throat> and then I explained to him that, you know, first of all, it, don't identify yourself as a modern player because, to be fair, and I'm going to be honest with him, you know, I said that I probably have played more modern matches than you have, you know, in, in my lifetime. And to identify yourself and pigeonhole yourself as a specific type of player will limit your growth exponentially. Like you'll never, you'll never grow as a player. You can be my friend, Daryl Ayers, which you guys have probably seen him on the open series playing lands or, um, yeah. you know, he, he doesn't play standard and he suffered. He won a, he won a box, you know, an MSCS online playing modern and, you know, he, he had to play vintage. He went like 0 and 400. He had to play standard. He went 0 and 400. Uh, and he just, you know, you, you really, it's a shame because you have a lot of play skill, a lot of talent there, but it doesn't mean anything unless you're well-rounded. So for especially yeah. for the listeners, you got to really pick up everything. If you want to really make it in the competitive world, you have to make sure there there is no very weak game. You can have, you can be stronger in something. I would say in limited we all posted, uh, you know, there's a program where we post your DCI uh, Planeswalker points. It gives you your win percentage in every respective format. Yeah. My highest, beside two at a giant, which is like 90%, is uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have two at a giant, like 90-something. It's like 91% or something. I, there, we had two two at a giant state championships here in Virginia. Remember those? I don't know if you, you had them those years. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Let's see, what is it? I have it right here. 2007, 2006. So I, we we won them both years. So and I played maybe like you know a pre-release or two. So that's, that's really obscure, random stat there. But uh, besides, <laughs> did that, you get my, the triple crown that year though? They didn't have a. Oh, you mean all three state championships? Yeah, yeah. I got got two of them. Two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, states uh, is awesome, uh, man. When there's only one states <laughs> per year for standard. Yeah. I really I tested for those because I wanted to be a state champion. But now it's like here's state championship number one, number two is next week, number three is two months from now. I'm like that's just stupid. I'm done. But yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. So like uh, I was when we posted those, my my limited was at in the high seventies, and and I've had a lot of matches played. I think Owen, oh, some other people like who saw it, or just people my friends were like, yeah, that's BS. No, that's not even a real number, and. It, you know, it's just a, what I've always been better at. But I would never call myself a limited player. Anyone who reads my work or listens to me would never say, oh, yeah, Shaheen, definitely a, a limited mastermind. You know, <laughs> it's just like you just, identifying yourself as something like that is really, really bad for your game and it can limit you and hurt you in the future. So well-rounded is definitely better. Limited mastermind subpar control player. Yeah, exactly. He's using AI control, but <laughs> limited, though. Oh, jeez. Do not mess with them in that. Yeah, so work on it all. But uh, I would, I would uh, pack up the legacy and put it on a shelf. And it's not dead, but it is definitely not vibrant. And it's not going to be accessible. And it's not going to be in a, a format where you're going to have to pay a lot of attention to, which kind of sucks because you know there's a few cards that need to go in that format for it to be fast and healthy. 
and Wizards is probably just going to pass over it for the deck banning, so it's just going to stay kind of crappy for a little bit longer. I don't know. There's just so little they can do with that format. I mean, the reserved list is just such a hamstring. Or, you it know, is. just, I mean, it just, it, they're just hamstrung. It's, yeah. it's really sad. It's not the power level is what I need, is what I have a gripe with. It's just the, the length. It's just like, if you've ever watched a Divining Top in action, you, you would understand, like, from, it's just too much. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there are, there are a variety of issues, and everybody can, you know, you know, we could just go down and just pinpoint, like, oh, this, you know, in order for Legacy to be viable, this needs to be taken out, this problem needs to be taken care of, but, I mean, it's just so difficult for wizards from their position to really even handle the first step of getting players to be able to afford the format, let alone fixing top and fixing, you know, all the other, you know, whether or not you think brainstorm should be banned or yeah, whatever is, is, is the biggest problem. Like you said, there's just no way it, it'll never be, it'll never be the most played format. I, I liked it the way it was. I think it was pretty good, but I don't know. I, I do not represent star city's financial department, but, if I were a businessman and I had stacks of modern cards from purchasing and decided to, you know, make a move to make a pro- some profit and, you know, appeal to the more popular format, I would, just, I would promote the hell out of some modern and, yeah. and put legacy aside. And then, you know, maybe four or five, six, seven years down the line, maybe less than that, maybe two, three. They're like, all right, well, you know, Legacy Revival, here comes Legacy. Do we have a stockpile of Legacy cards? Now it's time to, you know, that's what I would do if I was a businessman. Now, I'm not saying that's what they're doing because I have no idea, but, you know, it just sounds smart to me. Just you know, a way for them to continually, you know, fill the coffers up. And, you know, no one will ever argue that what Star City does is not better for the game because, man, if they weren't around, Magic, when they weren't around, Magic was, it was kind of shitty. It was just, there was a, very few tournaments if you, outside of your regional tournament, your state championship, and right. one or two PTQs yeah. that season you go to. There was just nothing to do, nothing to watch, nothing to stream, nothing to get people excited every week about like new decks and new cards. So, you know, it's they know what they're doing. And, you know, it sucks if you identify yourself as a legacy player, but, you know, luckily for you, Modern is not too far off from playing in, uninteractive horrible, boring, stupid magic. So if you want to do it, you can just play it modern. I actually think that you're... The, I, I actually like the idea of a legacy revival because it actually... you Talking about it, because I, I mold this decision over you know quite a bit, just trying to figure out from Star City's perspective, and I actually just hadn't thought of the fact that legacy sales probably started slowing about a year, a year or two ago. I mean, in that players started getting the cards that they need to make the decks, you know, the one or two legacy decks that they had, and they probably didn't need to get any more, or, you know, just chose not to, to focus on other formats like Modern. So I could very well see that, like, once uh, once that sort of fire for legacy gets rekindled and people start wanting cards a lot more than, uh, than they want Modern cards, I could very well see that legacy comes back in the next three, four years. Yeah, uh, I mean, Star City is just an arm of the people. You know, they're gonna they they follow what we want. We want standard, so they view they made up more standard events. They want, um, they want specific commentators, and then some, you know, of us fantastic commentators were fired. You know, I mean, they they do what they want. The people want, and that's why I wasn't too offended by it. I mean, even 
Chapin got the axe, and we all got the axe, because people wanted Matthias and Sullivan and uh, Cedric. So those are just the way it made it easy for them to make that decision. You know, it, it's all a business to them, but it's also, Pete is also rolling in cash, and he wants the magic to be great, too. And I've, I know Pete pretty personally. Uh, I've known him for years. I knew when he was, was had a shack in Roanoke um, selling cards out the case and, you know, starting this new business. And, you know, he, you know, he did, he's done his dream. He wanted to own a card shop and sell some cards online and create a tournament series, and he did it. So uh, I would just say, uh, you know, always voice your concern, and the debates are healthy. But the direction we're going with this new modern thing, it can only do great things. And the big reason is with more modern events and more coverage on modern events, Wizards will then engage and ban and unban and get more involved in decision-making because that's what drives uh, the R&D and the banning process is from what they see in the professional world. And they consider Star City, now they get Pro Tour invites from Star City events, they consider that an arm of the professional world too. Hmm. Trust in the SCG. They got you guys. StarCityGames.com. They're not trying to do evil. <laughs> no. Yeah, there's no Darth Vadering going on here. This is good. And I, you know, I hate Modern I, cause, just because I didn't play it. And now I'll, you know, obviously Blood Moon makes me hate it even mu- that much more. So now <laughs> I'm going to go Blood Moon people. And hopefully, you know, my goal, of course, is to win with it, write about it, rant about it, and then continue. I don't know, KYT, if you remember, like, when maybe a week after Addictive Time and Treasure Cruise came out, I wrote, like, three, four articles in a row saying they got to ban this in the old formats. It's, it's ridiculous. Right, right. <laughs> like, yeah. what is going on here? And they're like, nah, you're an idiot. Treasure Cruise, they don't need to ban that. Like, it's yeah, yeah. Brainstorm, man. I'm like, ugh. <laughs> like, did yeah. they even test this card? It is, this cat, he cast one on turn two in modern, turn three in modern, and then you cast another one the next turn. That's how the format is set up. Like, this is ridiculous. And I feel the same way about Blood Moon. And I don't, it's just, you see, you know, on camera, it's perfect. You just see them play it. Nobody plays any spells. Nobody's having fun. It's a stupid card. It's a stupid deck. And they just don't need these archaic hate cards floating around a, a somewhat healthy format. They don't need this. They don't need choke. They don't need boil. They just, these cards were not meant when they when they made these cards back, you know, twelve years ago, I don't even know how long ago Eighth Edition was. How long ago is that? Feels like twelve. Years ago. Actually, let me zoom in on this card. Uh, I Eighth Edition was oh, twelve years ago. <laughs> let me zoom in. It's on sale, Magic Online. Perhaps. I know because uh, the pre-release was uh, my eighteenth birthday weekend. Wow! Oh, nice. oh, there you go. So yeah, so twelve years. The magic. The game was kind of again bad back then, and now. Now that is good, and the cards are fantastic, and they just spend tons of time developing them. And if people are like, "Oh my God, Siege Rhino, so broken," yeah, I mean, it's, no, it's a well-designed card. <laughs> it doesn't. It's not like a a game like uh, a game ruining card like you know Jason Mindsculptor was not standard or farther back, you know, like uh, the Artifact Lands and Affinity. You know, these cards are well designed, and people can play any deck they want. Blood Moon prevents that. And the argument drives me and BBD and PBDR and anyone who has a brain up the wall that, oh, we've got to punish <laughs> the greedy mana bases. No, you're not punishing. It doesn't, 
they're already punished. If you're going fetch shock spell, fetch shock spell, you're dead anyway. Like, There's a good Conley Wood story out there, isn't there? I don't know. I actually went on a stream yesterday because I was bored. I'm like, why don't you play live? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, why don't you play Magic anymore? And he's like, who the fuck are you? Like, he's like, <laughs> and I'm like, and he's you like, you never oh. heard the fetch shock Conley Wood story? No. Oh that's man, good. that's a good one. It's a real good one. All right. Well, yeah, you can <laughs> hit me up with that one. Well, right. I, I enjoy laughing at Conley a little bit. Uh, I just one. don't want people to think that they can just do whatever they want. They can't. And so that's why I can. like Blood Moon, and I let like me, Choke. I, I hate, I don't mean to offend you, so <laughs> let, let me explain what I mean by that. We tested hands, opening hands of a two-color deck. And this is going to be in the next rant I do on article wise. And 60% of hands, after drawing three cards, assuming it's turn three, 60% of hands in a two-color deck with six basic lands that fetches for a basic land can lose the Blood Moon on the spot. Two-color deck, six basic lands. So, and here are example hands. Like Colonnade, Flood Strand, Secret Ghost. Colonnade, Tectonic Edge, Secret Professor, Ghost, or whatever you want to be. Those hands are very popular, very, like, common. You fetch your basic island, you see your envisions, you put some stuff around, you play, who cares, Wall of Omens, I'm just making it up as I go. They play Blood Moon, you're dead. You're playing a two-color deck. You have a planes in play or an island in play, whatever you did, and you can't cast another spell for the rest of the game. It's just not the way. It's not that's not punishing greedy mana bases. That's just giving people wins that aren't good enough to earn points. That's what blood is. You can win without blood. I have faith in you right now. I'm telling you right this on the show. I have faith that you can win without that card. Well, I, I think, think you're just you're playing blue-white control, and I just think you should be punished for that. Anyway. Oh, well, that's fine. Yeah. So I actually, and I, I argue this one too. I, I, I keep Blood Moon in against Mono Red, and I Blood Moon Mono Red every time. It takes their eight best cards out of their deck and also shots them off from effective Searing Blaze, and they can't disrupt a Brevery after board my uh, Sun Droplets in the board. So I bring in all three Blood Moons and keep them in against Mono Red, and I beat them ah. with it. I bring in Blood Moon against literally every deck. It punishes two color decks, three color decks. Uh, it punishes <laughs> greedy merfolk decks that keep in like they have caverns and like you know mutavolt and all this can't, they can't cast any spells it's a stupid card it doesn't punish anyone except for just punishes you for playing the game of magic and <laughs> it is it's not it, it's not healthy and it's not it's not like if you think when you cast your blood moon and you're like they can't cast a spell if you think that's what the game of magic should be then it, you know, you and I are just in different philosophies. <laughs> if that's if that's your one card combo deck you want to play, where you you're really proud of yourself, and you know you're like I'm great, my deck's great, <laughs> I built it great. If that's it, then this you know we you and I just have a a stark difference in what is healthy and what is not in, in the game. Well, I, you you said it. I'm great. You're great, yeah. That's it. <laughs> when you draw your Blood Moon and play it on three against Affinity, you know, really, that's a devilish control deck right there, and you destroy them because of it. Um, you're I'm great. mostly playing Devil's Advocate. I really don't have strong feelings one way or the other. But Well, I'm glad you did, because that <laughs> are, my responses goes to any of the people listening that has a similar Devil's Advocate stance. Do you so, feel the same way about Magus of the Moon? No, of course not. They kill that creature. I mean, creatures are different. Creatures are always fair. Tarmogoy's right. fair. I'm, I'm fine with that. It's humongous. 
Dark Confidence is the best card against me in the history of Magic. I never would have asked for that card to be banned. It's a creature. You can kill it. Enchantments are different. It's a different animal. And you can't draw your way out. You can draw your way out of choke. You can draw your way out of oil somehow. You can claw your way out of a back to basics. You cannot draw out of blood moon. It's just too hard. You have to draw basic planes. If you had an island. <laughs> and how many basic planes? What is fair? I mean, how many basic planes do we have to play for you to think that I'm not greedy anymore? Like, the, the funny thing is, it got to the point where all the pros and I were just being sarcastic. We're like, basically, we're hashtagging. Play monocolor, idiot, you know? Because that's the only way. Yeah, obviously that green deck is the place to be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I love these Blood Moon decks. I saw a Naya player beat my friend's girlfriend in the last round. Uh, Vanessa's her name. Daryl's girlfriend. And he's playing a Naya aggro deck. Okay, Naya. And he has a Wild Nicole in play. And he casts turn three Blood Moon. And hits her for two for the rest of the game. And doesn't cast <laughs> another spell. It's, it's stupid. <laughs> stupid. It's, it needs to go. And it's going to go. Uh, you can mark what's today. The, the is the 30th of November, 10.35 p.m. Uh, Blood Moon will be banned. And you think it, it'll be banned before the next Pro Tour? Like, there there will be bannings. No. I don't think so. No. Unless, okay. unless the stink gets kicked up a lot harder. Unless more people, and there's already a lot, want it gone. Wizards is still a company for profit, and they are going to do things to make the game better and also make people enjoy it because then they'll buy more and play more. And Blood Moon goes in the same thing as uh, cards before and its predecessors, where they remove cards from formats and stop printing Stone Rain. They stop printing Stone Rain. Oh. Three mana, Storage Hard Land, because it was just too good. I love that. And too oppressive to blow up right. someone's land after they've played three spells, possibly. So if that's too good for standard, Blood Moon is just in another world. And it's... it's. I'm going to punish people with this invitation, I hope. I'm going to be... I am... If people... If KYT knows and loves me to death, okay? Me and him are romantic together. And he knows that... We, for the record, only one. Oh, no. He, he, he loves it. And... Uh, you know, he sees how sarcastic and mean I am outside of the game, and I'm just a funny. Uh, I, I try to be funny with him. We, we, he sees he sees me in my right element, but in my matches, I I keep I, I try to be as Reed Dukeish as I can. I That's that. a good thing to strive to. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I am Reed. I am. I am. In, <laughs> you are Reed Duke in matches. Not Out of context matches. taken. Yeah. Is this on? Is this on? <laughs> not we got to quote that in the Twitter yeah, thing. Not with, not with looks, not with play skill, but with like humility. And it's just because like nobody wants to hear your shit on the other side. Nobody wants to hear you complain. Nobody wants to hear how lucky they are. Nobody wants to not shake hands and and have a cordial fun match. So I keep it keep it light, keep it fun. We play by the rules, but it, you know we're still here. You paid your entry. I paid my entry. We want to have a good time. I'm gonna play Blood Moon, and I'm gonna be in a complete asshole <laughs> the entire time. I'm gonna play it, and I stare in my opponent's eyes, and I'm just gonna give that that little shrug. <laughs> you know, here it is, your turn, <laughs> and that's gonna be my version of being not nice. And 
That's it. You gotta slam it on on camera when you're on camera. Oh, I am. Yeah, I gotta stand up and, <laughs> I'm gonna stand up and like holster like my handguns here. Yeah, absolutely. Stand up, do the deck drop. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna do that. I'll put like a dice on it. Just find, <laughs> just find my opponent. Um, Shaheem, we're gonna we're gonna let you go and catch up on some sleep. But before we do, was there any scumbag stories from from the Legacy Open at all? Oh yeah, scumbag stories. Um, me. I'm trying to think if I had a scumbag story because I I heard of one. This was in the top eight. So this was this is not me. Okay, this is a okay. this is a that's fine. hearsay scumbag story because no, my okay. opponents were actually very lovely the entire time. I mean, Calcana is a scumbag for what he did to me, but <laughs> that was that was ruthless. Um, Ross Miriam apparently, after you know, being very very cautious with his play and taking four minutes on a brainstorm, it was timed, an actual four minute brainstorm. Um, decided to uh, was warned for slow play at some point. And in a in an effort to, I'll I'll let, I'll let the gods decide why he did this, but you can pretty much figure it out. He looked at his opponent, looked at the judge, and said, "Can I get the oracle text on Liliana the Veil?" As a response to his slow play warning. So clearly, he knows what Liliana the Veil does. Uh, Ross Merriam is the encyclopedia. He's he's brilliant. He knows magic back and forth. So I feel like that combined with the play that he was doing leads to um, kind of a nastiness. Like, I, I feel like that is kind of scummy toward opponent, toward a judge. Yeah, I think he's magic. trying to send a message there that the time you're spending to look up that is going to way exceed what I've been doing. Yeah. That, that's I, what I feel like that is. I didn't like it. It didn't, it didn't, didn't sit right with me. Um, obviously, it's not a huge offense or anything. It's not like you cheated or anything. Um, and you know, it, it, I, I feel like, again, like these judges, we've had some similar situations recently with people ridiculing judges and having issues with them. And it's just kind of like, you know, these guys, their job kind of, I, I wouldn't want to do it. I mean, they get a box, you know, for sitting around yeah. for eight hours. So it's like, <laughs> I'm not doing that. So I like to keep the good ones that we have. And, uh, you know, slow play is a serious crime. I think that is never penalized. So I think they need to start. And Ross actually took ownership on Twitter. He said I should have gotten three game loss or uh, game warnings for slow play um, after somebody mentioned how slow he was playing. So he took ownership for it, which is good. Uh, but I think that's something where they, they need to start laying out some uh, some warnings and some hammers and preventing people from doing stuff like that. Yeah, it's and and for me it's hard. Like I I hate calling someone else for slow playing. And uh, it's so uh, hard to actually. It's so yeah. hard to accurately. Doesn't work anyway. So don't. I, I do judge. it every time. It never, never works. Because you call him over. I would say out of, <laughs> I call judge over multiple times every tournament. And I'll say it has a five percent uh, success rate when they actually get a warning for it. Maybe even less than that. Because then when the judge gets there, they'll say, "Can you speed up to play? Make a decision." Then they'll sort of play just fast enough, and it's just and so much time goes by. It's just the system is broken. And they need to uh, double the judge staff, and then their job of the judge should be to walk around and actually look for it themselves without being called over. That's the only way they're going to get people. Yeah, actually, if if 
the, the only time I've ever seen like soul play properly happen is when it comes to friend of a player is watching another person play and they notice that somebody's playing particularly slow and they call the judge over. But if it's like somebody at the table calling the judge over, it just never works out that way. No, and then when you do, your opponent's like, oh, you're an asshole. Oh, you know, that thing in their head, like, you're just the worst scumbag human being ever. How dare you tell me to play faster? And when I talk about how re-dukish I am, right, I do call uh, judges for slow play regularly. And it's just because that's the only thing. My decks take forever to win. <laughs> and yeah. um, you will play within the rules. And so I can't have a chance to win. But uh, yep, that's about it. So, mm-hmm. well, boys, it was you know, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I'll tell uh, you know, I'll go get Scotty to come take my place real quick. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> always a fountain of knowledge, Gene. Thank you, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you back, and hopefully, uh, I'm excited we'll- for modern Shaheen. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. burn. I'm gonna burn them. I'm burn them real good. I mean, you have to be playing so many weekends now because the the 49ers are so bad. Oh yeah, and... yeah. Football. Oh yeah, they're <laughs> terrible. Come on, what, so... Blaine Gabbert, baby. He's uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, um, is <laughs> my boss. My boss is a 49er fan, but he's also a secret hidden um, uh, Oakland fan. And it's pretty bad when it's more respectable to be an Oakland fan right now. Oh, yeah. Like, he's having a tough time coming to terms with that, that he can openly talk about, like, in Oakland. Yeah, I mean, luckily my local teams are the Redskins to the North and Carolina. So I've always associated with Carolina as my second favorite team, like, back to the days of uh, Jake DeLome and uh, D'Angelo Williams and Stewart. Of course you have. Oh, yeah, Steve. Hey, 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 hey. Are you excited? Are you excited about the Edmonton Eskimos winning uh, the Grey Cup? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. You know, at least when the Royals were in the World Series, I admitted that I was a kind of a fair-weather baseball fan. Oh, yeah. You know, I, Shane, I knew you... nothing but baseball or, <laughs> or hockey or anything not basketball or football. So. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> Go Redskins. <laughs> Go anyone, <laughs> go everybody, anyone but the Seahawks. I'm happy. I'm, I'm okay. Mm, all right, all right. Have a good night, Shaheen. You guys, thanks. Ooh, that was Shaheen, and uh, that was awesome. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, man, that's always awesome. Always Shaheen, awesome. He was laying down the knowledge, and hopefully, he can get Scotty back <laughs> somehow. <laughs> Um, uh, and with that, I'd like to thank the content for, for coming on once again. Uh, really appreciate it. And, uh... Oh, but we've got a contest. Oh, we've got... You what? have another one? I or, have what? another one. I oh, have man, these. Oh. Like, I just got... I've got, like, a shelf with them on it. And I just pull one from the shelf and I go, Oh, I'm gonna do this contest. Man, this guy's always ready with the content. So take it away, Matthew. Okay, so, uh, this one is uh an, another oldie so and uh yeah i'll go ahead and just play it and at this point you guys know what to do but just as a reminder uh leave us a comment with the match and any relevant details and i will choose from the uh choose randomly from the commenters and uh this time i'm actually going to send out um every gp i go to i always get a little something whether it's a play mat or whether it's a whatever and uh after about the first 10 playmats, you, you really just kind of lose uh, 
they lose practicality. So basically what I'm going to do is instead of a draft set, I'm actually going to send out one of my random GP play mats. So, uh, yeah, here is the clip. Finkel's got Tinker. Bye-bye, Voltaic Key. And hello, Colossus Processor? I'm thinking of Colossus, unless he's got a lot more artifact man in his hand. Frexian Colossus. 8-8, eight, eight, almost impossible to block. Just a little bit of life to untap. And uh, if you know what this clip was, leave us a comment, and let me pick our winner for this episode. So we had four relevant comments, um, which I'm actually going to just point out Josh's comment here because it was so awesome. Please make Matt the content Mendoza a permanent part of the show. He is high <laughs> octane gas. And it got one uh, thumbs up or like or whatever that is on your uh, on your website that I never go to. Uh, <laughs> oh, fucker. <laughs> Uh, so we've got Doug Potter who posted quite the, uh, the breakdown of the Doug Potter's friend of the show, Doug Potter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he posted quite the breakdown of the mat, the clip. So if you kind of were looking for, uh, the details, as he says, uh, you can look there. Uh, Joe Schellinger is the second or John Schellinger. Sorry about that. Uh, James Nicholson, and then Max Roche. And Max Roche was our uh, first commenter. So I'm going to roll my die to figure out which one, and uh, we'll make Max four, uh, Doug one, and then we'll re-roll fives and sixes. So, but da 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 Number three. That is James Nicholson. So, James Nicholson, email. KYT to what is your email address? KYT? Oh, yeah. KYT at manadeprived.com. Email your address uh, so I can send you one of these sweet playmats. Man, what a boss. So Pretty boss like. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, there you go. Sweet. Uh, and with that, we'll see you guys all. Well, let's see. Like, you guys will listen to us next week. So, uh, see you guys later. All right. Thanks for listening. Love you all. I, I don't. <laughs>